Hi, everyone. On this week's episode of Untucked, we are going to talk about um, Apple agreeing to pay uh, up to $500 million for uh, allegedly slowing down older models of their iPhone. We are also going to discuss recent market volatility, investor behavior, and kind of continue with that theme from uh, last week. And then finally, we'll wrap up with the top five worst professions. Enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to episode 25 of Untucked. This is Megan. And Mike. Hey, this is Jeff. Uh, you guys are familiar with the term, mind your P's and Q's? Yes. Meaning of it? No idea. No. Do tell. No, like, you know, like when someone says it, what do they mean? Like your manners. Mind like your mind manners. Mind your manners. It can also mean to like be alert and like to be on your toes. But where did like the P and Q come from? Oh, it can mean be alert and be on your toes. Yeah, like in the Oxford Dictionary, it also means that. But it's said to be advice to children, like when they're learning letters, to be careful not to mix up like the lowercase p with the lowercase q because they look the same except once they're backwards. Why not B's and D's? That's a very interesting <laughs> point, Megan, which has also been discussed in my research on what the p's and q stand for because it could also mean i guess in dance there's like like uh, there's like what do they call it first position and second. yeah well there's like they're called like the peds and the cues so watch your peds and your cues peds i don't know i mean it's p-i-e-d-s and huh i liked the p's and q's reference in history about children learning the alphabet Okay. You, what do you mean you liked it? <laughs> like I, w- I could buy that explanation okay. of the P's and Q's. Okay. Um, but among, like, among all the other ones that were that are alleged in history. Yeah. Okay. Like what else? Like P's and Q's. Like what the hell yeah. does that mean? Right. I I didn't know. I also don't think anyone under the age of eighty uses has that ever phrase. said. Yes, yeah, said well, that phrase. They've also said that barmen were told to like watch their P's and Q's as far as um, how much they consume, like pints or quarts. Because guys used to drink <laughs> drink beer in quarts, not pints. Yikes. Yeah. So there's a lot of speculation as where it comes from. Yeah, it doesn't really sound like you have a lot of facts. Yeah. <laughs> Fun speculation, we should call this. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um, Philly Sports. Fly Guys, finally. Yeah, they took, took a, they took an L last night. Um, that was a tough one to watch, man. Well, they Bruins are good. I mean, they're the first place in the league for a reason. They're a good team. It looked like there were eight Bruins on the ice the entire game. Well, the Flyers played really well for the first two periods. Yeah, they played really well, and actually in stretches they were, like, taking it to them. So, I mean, and it was a good game. It's pretty even, I think, overall. They lost 2 nothing. They just didn't get a break, and Tuka Rask for the Bruins played awesome, and that's that's the way it goes. I think if they played, in, like, a seven-game series, it would go six or seven. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I watched – 
I fell asleep in the second. I woke up and I watched the third period, and the Bruins. Yeah, they turned them, it on. Yeah, owned them in the third period, but the Flyers still had a couple chances. I mean, I, I forget uh, Provorov yeah. missed one. He should have buried. Well, I mean, Rask made a great save. Dude, he didn't even touch the puck. He barely pushed the puck to two. That's Rask. usually that's a goal like seven out of ten times. If he if, if Provorov puts anything on it and lifts it a little bit, well, he shot it in the middle of the net. If he, he had he had it hit, some him the, it hit him in a pad in the middle of the net on the ice. Yeah, that's a great play. That's a goal almost all the time. Anyway, uh, not dis. I mean, of course, disappointing to lose when you're trying to like overtake you know, Washington for the division and all that, but not disappointing in terms of how they're playing. You know, I, I don't think I don't hung, think anybody they, should feel badly about that effort. No, they hung with them. They hung with them the whole game. And they got a tough one against Tampa tomorrow, so we'll see. Were we'll you see. impressed by the uh by the fan turnout? I was yeah, I was intrigued. I was I, I was <laughs> Are we going here? I thought there I would think be we got it because we have nothing else to I talk thought about. there'd be fewer, but it was looked pretty full. And there was a lot of, I mean, it was just a normal game, which yeah. so far most, most of these are. It'll change quick. You have I think, to be blown away by that. Not blown away. I mean, I'm... Blown away that people are going to games? Well, I think San, yeah, Ho- I mean. San Jose has, like, I think they're going to play, like, three games, NHL games in front of an empty building because in that part of California they've banned gatherings yeah. in excess of, like, 1,000 or whatever it is, so... It's already starting. Well, I have tickets to the Sixers on Saturday. Wow. Would you go if you – well, if it was a Flyers <laughs> game, uh, would you go? I don't know. I think it's probably not. Probably not because I feel like I'm trying to be more proactive than head in the sand about it. I'd probably not. They're playing. They're the sixth seed. They're playing the five seed. Who's the five seed? Pacers. <laughs> okay. Who's playing? Anyone we know? Embiid's questionable. Josh Richardson, Richardson, I can never say his name, um, is also, I think he's probable. What's up with Ben? Ben? Yeah, maybe it, maybe it might be Ben. That it, this is more of a long-term issue. And I think a lot of people are speculating because we haven't been given an update on Ben. Okay. So I think a lot of it is it's a back issue that could be a nerve issue. Was he told were we told he was out two weeks? It was two weeks until he's reevaluated. And that's, which is like the Sixers' favorite phrase. And that's I think two weeks is like today. It's, yeah, it's today or tomorrow. I just mm-hmm. don't understand how you can have a professional sport and a fan base and not communicate what the hell is going on with their best player. The One Sixers of. medical staff though has been brutal. As long as this process has been talked about, the medical staff has gotten so much heat because of the way they've handled things. The lack of communication with the fans, the decision to play people when, you know, they maybe shouldn't have been playing. They're they're making a, like just a huge PR mistake. People don't give a shit about the Sixers anymore now. Oh, that's not true. I'm telling you, I think there are a lot of fans. You're naive if you because you're a, you're a Sixers fan. To think that there's not fans out there that are going, dude, Embiid's hurt, Simmons is hurt. I don't know who the hell else is on the team. They're not going to go anywhere. They're not going to win anything. The process was a waste. And now you're not even going to communicate to me about how our second best player is doing and when he's coming back? Like, I'm out. I'm done. Like, if you don't think people are feeling that way, and why wouldn't the Sixers just be like, hey, look, here's the deal with Ben. He's not going to play the rest of the season. 
why why not like what what do you what do you what risk are you taking by doing that that by having a medical staff that's telling you what's going on with your players I, I mean I don't disagree with you from a PR standpoint I I think that Ben's condition is maybe not that conclusive I don't know I mean they Do you don't work for the Sixers medical staff <laughs> okay <laughs> um so there's talk about like the NCAA tournament that not being played in front of fans the Ivy League already canceled their conference tournament yep so the two teams who won the regular season are going so it'll be interesting like this is like my favorite weekend in sports is that first weekend of March Madness basketball because there's games on all day for like four days straight okay so this is not this is what it's not the the tournament hasn't started yet no, Selection Sunday is the 15th. Okay. And the tournament will start, the first round of the NCAA basketball tournament will tar- start that following weekend. So you said this weekend is your favorite. Why? What's That what, weekend. Oh, that one. That, that one. first weekend. So if they just say no fans, but we're playing, you're still watching oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think, for me, it doesn't change anything. I, it'll be interesting to see, like, how how watching and like a fanless arena feels, because I can't. I've never done that. It'll be you so think they'll awkward. pump in crowd noise? <laughs> I don't know. Like fake crowd noise? Like yeah. when someone dunks on someone's head, it's like... Ah. They're using words like essential employees. I'm like, aside from the frigging cameraman, like who's essential? Teams? Coaches? Yeah, the team camera? and their staff, and that's it, right? You could probably allow a few fans in each section, right? As long as they stay six to eight <laughs> feet away from each other. That would kind of be cool. Yeah. I thought it was four meters, which is 16 feet, right? 13.1. Oh, I thought it was yeah. six feet. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Okay. Moving on. Apple agrees to settlement of up to $500 million from lawsuit alleging it throttled older phones. This was from Jonathan Scheiber in Yahoo News. Um, all iPhone users have been there. <laughs> the newest iPhone comes out or the latest operating system is released and your phone starts to slow down. Uh, Apple is being sued because of it, although they're denying wrongdoing, saying they're only agreeing to avoid the cost and burden associated with the lawsuit. U.S. owners of certain iPhone models will be entitled to a $25 payout. Does that get you excited, Mike? 25 bucks for your iPhone 6 you just traded? Trading in, in this iPhone 6S, $25. And what do you pay for a new phone? What did you just pay? Oh, I don't know, 700 or something. I don't know. I, what... <laughs> What to me, this is why aren't people up in arms about the class action lawsuit model in which I'm I'm just guessing the law firms get 30 percent of the 500 million. Yeah. For their work. Sure. In essentially rounding up all the like communicating to all the Apple phone users and collecting all the responses and having somebody disperse the 25 bucks each and then they get the 150 million. It's the way it works, bro. But but like it you shouldn't can, work how that else way. do you do it? You can either get nothing or you can get 25 bucks after the lawyers get their take. Why are the lawyers getting 30%? 30% of anything in any business as a commission is like so far egregious to not even be like in that definition because we all click that little box that says i agree to terms and conditions we never read them and apple covers their ass is it worth 150 million do do you like that's why those lawyers are so they have such bad reputations because they're seen as greedy and piggish and and it is 
they're ambulance chasers. In this case, it's not an ambulance, but it's the same concept. I think it's just atrocious that, that this is the way that that system works. It's because you can't do it on your own. So they get to set the market. You can't sue Apple on your own. <laughs> you're, you're not no, going I to under- win. No, I understand. But why would I if I'm only getting even 100? But like, Well, that's the great thing about it. You don't have to do anything other than sign a little piece of paper. But this enriches. No, but the, the only beneficiaries here are the $150 million um, law firms that are getting, you know, well, when people stop participating in class, class action lawsuits, their profession will go away. But That's the point just... is that Apple did this intentionally, deliberately to force people to upgrade their iPhones and pay more. You know. They're not admitting to that, Mike. Right. Well, that's the other part of this that's wrong. Wouldn't it be better if, if the proceeds of this went to a charitable organization or oh, somebody God. who of benefits course. from it instead of a bunch of greedy lawyers? No? Anyone? Yeah, of course. You're saying that as if some, as if you think that no one cares about $25. No one cares about $25. Everyone cares about $25. Not Mac, iPhone do you care users. about I, I, no. 20, your 25 bucks? No. Not iPhone users? users? Not iPhone. Android users, maybe. Half a, half a tank of gas. Can we talk a, a minute about how Apple hasn't innovated anything with the iPhone lately? There's nothing. It just, it's a new phone. This is this, pretty innovative. With, like planned obsolescence <laughs> of the battery. It's I'd the same so. damn thing. Obsolescence. Except it has a better camera. Like every new one that comes out isn't any better than the next. Or the last. Oh, I'm sorry, than the last. Like they haven't innovated anything with the iPhone I in mean, like six generations. It's clearer. My screen goes from corner better. to corner. Wow. <laughs> Like, I don't know, like, do you notice anything, like, spectacularly different between my screen and yours? It's bigger. Well, other than that, do I really need an Apple creative technology software engineer to make it bigger? Well, I literally just uh, upgraded my 6 because it wouldn't charge anymore. And it five, was... so, so you're five generations ahead of where you were. Yeah. And how, I'm how, pretty, well, How's your experience? It's the same phone. I mean, it's it is. I mean, it's, okay, it's a better camera, but I don't care about that. It's a, it's the same phone, but I ha- I was forced to do it because it kind of. I mean, in my mind, it broke. It just wouldn't work anymore. Wouldn't for, charge anymore. For eight hundred dollars, you can now take pictures of your children in portrait mode <laughs> and post them on Instagram. Look, I'm I'm as big of a skeptic as both of you, but this is in your hand all day. I use it for hours at a time. Like it can't be expected to last forever. Like we'd be silly to think that like. The amount of things that I use this for on a daily basis, a podcast to work, maps after work, checking Twitter and Instagram and my email, like communicating with people all day. Wait a minute. Meg does not work for the Sixers medical staff. She works for Apple. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just mean like the fact that mine still works. I don't even know how long I've had this. I do have charging issues. It's on low battery mode all day. But I don't have a problem with technology becoming obsolete. That's 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 been the deal with computers forever. And that's I'm cool with that. I'm not cool with this company not doing anything spectacularly different with this product. What so more what, do you want it yeah, to do? Like, like, Dude, it does I don't know, everything. A 3D image, maybe? Oh, my God. Okay. I have no idea. That's you wanted to drive a car, <laughs> don't you? You're asking me, like, why, what do you want it to do? If I knew what I wanted it to do, I would be... 
working for Apple making millions of dollars a year. That's their job to come up no. with something cool. No, they've worst they've take put, ever. <laughs> they have a, talking about. They, they have, have a formula that works, and they have a whole huge staff on how many people that are, whose job it is to think of these things. Well, they're not doing shit. <laughs> they haven't made your in six years. They haven't done anything drastically different that me as a as a basic very con, basic very basic consumer can see and feel. Are you going to tell me its operating system is faster? Yeah, Great. probably. Probably. Who There's like new shit? emojis and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Freaking emojis. I can make my face look like an elephant and stick its tongue out. Like, There's it's just... more apps. Well, that's what's going on in the, in the industry. It's not the device that people are paying attention to improving. It's the apps and the yeah. stuff that works on it. And that's obviously... There's been tons of innovation there. I mean, right? look at your phone. Like the amount of apps you have on that, the amount of things you can do. I'm from with that. you. I'm with you on that. That's apps. But I that's want not... a cooler effing phone. Well, like who who was it? Um, I don't think it's this cool at all. But at least it's a, at least it's an attempt. <laughs> the like the folding phone. Samsung. Samsung. And it like blew up because the battery overheated. No, they just came out with like, or they're coming out with a new one now. I mean, something. I I saw. Okay, so. Does the Apple Watch count? No, I'm not saying Apple isn't creating because they are creating the watch. But the watch is a phone now. Yeah, like the AirPods. I mean, they're they're, they're making pro. Um, the phone <laughs> hasn't changed at all because it's it doesn't have to. What's changed is wearables, where they've innovated. They've created these other devices that have been like insanely profitable. Meg's laughing at wearables. No, I'm laughing. At- <laughs> uh, and he's just not. He's so frustrated. Uh, uh, if they're gonna innovate, invent, and it wouldn't be Apple; it'd be somebody else. But invent a battery that needed to be charged once a month, no matter how much you used it. It would almost never get die. They won't, they won't do that because they want their phones to die and you to get a new one. Because five hundred million was obviously not the right amount. It should have been five why billion. Can't, why can't my phone? magnetically connect to yours on the side while I'm showing you a YouTube video so the so the video appears on both of our screens together as one. <laughs> you wanted something creative and innovative? There you go. Apple, why don't you do that? I don't want to do that. I don't want to magnetically the connect yeah, to that's... other people's phones to watch a video. I just want to watch it on my iPhone, my own phone. No, but if I'm like talking, you're like, oh, you got to see this video. It's super cool. Oh, well, let's connect our phones together so that way it's bigger and we can get a bigger screen and see it. Yeah, or Meg, here's my phone. Why don't you just watch this cool video? Because if our both of our <laughs> screens connected, it'd be twice as big. Okay. Just Apple needs to step up their game a little bit, number one. Number two, <laughs> they're freaking cheaters and liars. <laughs> and number three, attorneys are pigs. I think Mike probably check. would have put those in a different order. But <laughs> yeah, check, check, check. Uh, okay. Josh Brown who writes his own blog, The Reform Broker, just under three weeks removed from the market's all-time high. And on the morning, the stock market trading was halted. So that was March 9th. Um, He wrote a really good article for advisors and investors reminding us of a couple key points, which we'll kind of get into. Okay, so I'll start. I mean, his second one is your, your retirement plan probably isn't going to change nor will a future use of your money. So throwing out your plan in the face of what's going on in less than a month is, is you know, silly. Um, and I think this is, it, 
it reminds me that you know we don't ever talk to people and say okay your your goal for this year is to um um the the markets you know aren't going to lose money they're not going to be down or the goal for the next 12 months or the next six months or any short-term period is is never um anything to do with avoiding losing money on paper in fact we tell people this is going to happen and be ready for it and all those sorts of things so but it's obviously really hard when you're in the moment to um, to remember that. But you're going to have periods of time, short periods of time, even as long as a year or even two, where you're going to have less money on your in your on your statement than you had at the beginning. And that's just markets. So remembering that everything in the context of a long term plan is this point here. And it's really in, in a lot of ways the most important one, but it, but also in a lot of ways the hardest for people to connect with because of the hysteria that's that's taking place i liked the nobody called this which i just think is a good reminder of i mean the coronavirus the oil war whatever like happened to occur on that particular day or was going on over the last couple of weeks um reminding people that when we look back at market events it's rare that we saw it coming I'd say damn near impossible for, you know, the majority of people. So um, we have that chart goes from like March of 09 through he updated it very recently with the coronavirus. And it just picks a couple of different political, socioeconomic, geopolitical events that occurred over that time frame and charted kind of the U.S. stock market's progress. And it just it really reminds you I've used it a couple of times with clients the last couple of weeks reminds you of all the shit that we like very easily forget that you went through you you were invested through and it's just it's a good reminder especially in times like now that the coronavirus will ultimately be another dot on that chart yeah number that number five was one of my favorites yeah um, because we get it all the time mm-hmm. I mean every year I can probably count on more than two hands how many clients like I can name them this guy or this woman is going to say to me, it's going to go down this year. Yeah. Like it doesn't take any talent to say every year it's going to go down. Thank you for that. Like you're going to be right eventually. And we we're smart enough to say, I don't know when it's going to go down. I just know it will. So let's build a plan and deal with it when it does. Yeah. That one, I, I really like that one. I love number seven. Yeah. I was just going to say yeah. number seven. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, I, I literally want to read it word for word yeah. for everyone, but it's the longest it's super long but the fact that like because everyone's saying like let's just get out now and just wait until the dust settles and he makes the point about i guess 09 where the market hit rock bottom in march of 09 and at that moment no one knew it was the bottom and three months later in june the market was up 41 percent and believe me in june everyone was still deathly afraid of the market you missed it, man. And if you missed that 41%, you have no chance of recovery. It's like the client we were talking about two or three episodes ago where his son said, get out. Like, I'm sure his son is sitting there now. I told you so. Get out. Okay, but then when we get back in, because if I miss that 41%, I'm never going to realize the real long-term returns of the investments I own. And I don't think people get that. Yeah, and I'll just add to that is that the facts are that when we're in these periods of time when the markets are down four, five, six percent in the midst of this, you know, chaos, 
They also have the, the very next day, like we just saw yesterday, where they're up 4%, 5%, 6%. And that's the pattern that happens all the time. It happened in 08, 09. Happened, um, it happened every time before where there's a major sort of crash, mini crash, I'll call it. But if you miss that, if you miss those recovery days, you're, to your point, Jeff, you're, you're screwed. So this whole notion that there will be an observ- observable dust settling, <laughs> it's just, it's fantasy. It doesn't happen. It's, and he makes the, the perfect point where, you know, the very bottom of the S&P was March 9th of 09. And the headlines were, it's getting worse. Yeah. It's getting worse. Yeah. And, the, and the mood was, it's getting worse. But yet what happened out of nowhere, it just marched upwards relentlessly. And for the people that were sitting in cash, they're, you know, they, they left untold money on the table yeah. and never get back. It's, it's counterintuitive because a lot of, Jeff, your point's exactly right. It's the most common question. It's obvious that this is just going down. Let's, let's wait till we get the all clear. Like just in this, there. This could be the bottom of the Corona scare. We have no idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you'll you'll talk to investors. I'm like, oh well, absolutely not. Like it's got to go down more. Well, what what are you making that opinion? Like, what is it based on? It's just your gut feeling. There's no fact behind it, and not that the market reacts on facts anyway. Right. But this could be the bottom, and it might spike up from here. But no one right now feels like this is the bottom. Of course not. It's going to go down because it's going to spread in the U.S. and it's going to affect global markets. And when when you, when when you look back, it just seems so easy to to. Well, of course, March of '09 was the bottom. Everyone can see that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you didn't see that in March of '09, man. And if you're panicking to get out, isn't it going to be that much harder to get you back in? Like, what is going to have to happen in your mind? for the scenario to be good enough for you to then put your money back. Right, if you're scared when it's down 30 and it gets down to down 40, you're not gonna now jump back in. Right, like, you're not gonna say, oh, now now's the bottom. Because then what if it goes, it. What right. if it goes down 80? <clears throat> no, you're gonna, when, when you, to answer that question, when you feel better is when it's up the 40. When you've missed and it. And you've missed right. it. And they don't, it doesn't click in the, the typical investor's brain how horrible that is and how much damage has been done because it's like, all right, well, now I'm just going to get back in because it's better now and I'll ride it back up. And it's just, you've missed it. You have no chance. There's that, I think he talks about it in number eight about missing the best days. And I've I've said it to tons of clients over the years that if you, how missing the 25 best days over like a 20 year period how much you cut your like your average return and like you, I think you cut it in half. Yeah, and it's it's actually we've talked about this before. It's why being super diversified is the only way to, to capture the best stocks. So if you miss the best stocks, those grand slams because you didn't own them, your returns are hard. Like it's amazing how low your returns are compared to the markets. Right. Uh, it's the same concept. And then speaking of number eight, he's talking about all in or all out as strategies and how bad they are. And he wrote in the past about this. It's it's really dead on. It's like when you're in 100% cash, and I'm, I'm quoting here, something changes in your mind. You get to the place where mentally you won't be satisfied unless you pick the perfect entry point. And we, we see that all the time when clients walk in the door with 100% cash, yeah. like talking to us about being their advisor. And you can just, this is the conversation. They're just paralyzed 
because they, they, they feel like they have to pick the perfect entry point and they're waiting for that bottom, which you can never call. Um, and he says it's harder to do buying at 100% cash than it is at 75 or 50 because when you're doing that, you're adding to positions rather than taking a stand from scratch. And it's so – it's dead on psychologically, and that's where I think the connection that people need to make with that all-in or all-out is, is important. And I never had thought about that until I read it, and I'm thinking about people that we've met recently that are literally all-in cash, and – He's dead right. Like they just can't put the money in. Because, mm-hmm. my God, can you imagine if I put it in and it goes down 20%? Holy shit. Well, guess what? Then you're not going to put it in until it's up 20, which you've right. missed. Right. And it's arbitrary. I mean, Completely, what, what yeah. is the day? What is the, what's the market trading at? Like, it's all meaningless. Obviously, there's a ton of psychology around it. It's an incredibly emotional decision. Like, we're not making light of that. And, and we've talked about this dollar cost averaging versus lump sum investing. Like you're better off investing, putting the money in as much money as you possibly can and participating. Yeah. The math says you're better yeah. off doing that. But the psychology says most, most times dollar cost averaging kind of is, is easier. Yeah. I mean, I like the part where he talked about the things you can do right now all seem pretty like um, basic uh, stuff, but updating your 401k contributions. If you have extra money, considering consider investing he mentioned making 529 contributions, SEP contributions, those types of things. He said you may not be getting the lowest price, but a 15 or 20% discount to prices of a month ago is almost certain to look like a steal years from now when you look back. So all good, like very doable things. Yeah. Mike, what's your take on uh, borrowing money to invest it right now? <laughs> uh, right now or ever, my take is it's usually not a great idea. <laughs> He did, I'm trying to find it in the beginning of the article where he talks about if your previous financial advisors encourage you to take portfolio loans against your stocks and bonds, uh, then you don't work with a fiduciary. You work with a salesman. Yeah, I mean, I, that was it was a, it was a great line because um, I don't think people get that either. Like how big the conflict of interest is when you have like a, I'm going to call them broker is encouraging you to borrow against your portfolio to invest more. Well, the, the, the incentive is you get paid twice. They're literally double dipping. Yeah. And, and in this, in a scenario like we're in right now, you're a forced seller and it's like financial, financially ruinous potentially for the client. Yeah. Can you explain that? Because I I think I understand that. But how horrible it could be if you've if you've borrowed against your portfolio to invest, and then there is a significant market crash where 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 the market gets shut off because it's triggering so many um, sale points. How that impacts people that have those loans? Well, it's just basic equity percentage. So if your stocks are worth, if you've put in, if you put up fifty percent, and the and the firm puts up fifty percent, so I have a hundred thousand. It's like your mortgage. I, I invest, right? Yeah. And then they give me another fifty. Yeah, or you put up a hundred, they put up a hundred. You own two hundred thousand worth of stocks. There's a threshold at which, if your equity percentage falls below a certain point, it, you get a margin call. Basically, it's like like we want our loan back. Yeah, we we're gonna get you back to the right percentage. So we're selling stocks to raise the cash to and pay them back to pay them back. And, and they're selling stocks that have been beaten up. Yeah, it's indiscriminate. It doesn't matter. You have no choice in in 
when it happens. Um, I mean, there's a threshold, so you know it's going to happen. But it's you know, it's like almost being you know being too leveraged on buying a house that you can't afford, and then it goes underwater, yeah. and you know you're you're forced to move out of your house. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not not the same exactly, but it's the same concept. Um, just it's just leverage works great when things are just ripping higher. Yeah. But not not in, not in today's world. So. Top five. Yeah, I'm good. Sure. Top five worst occupations. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I feel okay. like I haven't gone first. Are we voting on who does the best one? Yeah, we always say we're going to, and then we, we forget. Okay. So. I would have to say, and I'll put them in order from. Okay, so so my number five would probably be. Um, a mortician or funeral director. Oh, that's interesting. You know, any anyone like just having to deal with death and people who are and sad families all day long, every day, would be pretty miserable. <laughs> um, Apparently, dead bodies stink. Yeah, it's bad. Formaldehyde. Have you ever smelled formaldehyde? I don't think it's so. It's awful. Okay. Um, rodent removal. Like from a lot of personal experience in that these from days. From residents. Oh, from a residence. Yeah, from like not a from like the the roadside. No, not the roadside. Like, oh, that's a good one. Like like your house. Like having to go into someone else's house and like sift through like my shit and all that crap. That'd be pretty miserable. I would have to say number three would be a celebrity assistant, like an assistant to a celebrity. See, I would. I'd be so good at that. Oh, be, having to deal that's with a good an, one and an asshole, celebrity. an entitled person, yeah. like like basically my children, like all day long, every day, <laughs> and being their slave, like I am with my children, would be miserable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number two, I put a uh, call center representative at Verizon or Comcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. I mean, you're just de- like. You're dealing with people bitching about their service and wanting the $20 off their bill every month. You do that too. I'm pointing at Mike. <laughs> and then uh, number one for me would be a couples therapist. I mean, having to listen to two people bitch at each other. Those That's are good. good. Yeah. yeah. That was a good list. So I had um, one of yours on my list, which was the the um, funeral home oh, really? director or whatever you call it. Yeah. Um, just day after day, it's tragic just tragic and sad situations and yeah. i guess you probably become immune to it because it's not you're not like personally connected to them but yeah. still uh related to that a coroner yeah I, doing autopsies and like Ugh. just slicing open dead bodies all day long i mean i guess it's just science and all that at the end of the day but that's a that's a rough look those for a people job. have they've become wired to, it just doesn't affect them it's just yeah. like cutting something like, like anything else open which I one? have a very like it's obviously only from like TV shows you know like Law and Order SV I think it's wildly interesting to like put together a crime based on the way someone was killed has nothing Blunt force to, trauma has nothing to do with what he just said yeah it is Corners are the people, aren't they the people who like analyze the body? They do autopsies. They yeah. determine how people yeah, die. Not that many of them are like murder mysteries. It's mostly just. I, I, that's what I said. It was a completely glorified version of it. Okay, no, the guys? cops go to them and say, how did this person die? I'm going to use that information to solve the crime, which is what you're talking about. He's talking about actually opening up the dead body. It's the same person who does those things. Okay. 
Yeah, who like testifies on the stand and <laughs> talks about how what the evidence is. Okay. Um, number three. Number three. I got one of those dudes on those fishing boats that are out there like in the worst possible conditions. I forget the show. You know, like wet. Yeah, like that. Yeah. That seems like an awful, awful yeah. way to, to, to make a living. Uh, porta potty cleaners. Mm-hmm. Can't be good. You really think it's that bad? Yeah. There's probably just like. Have a, you ever been in a porta potty at like a tailgate? Awful. They're awful. Yeah, <laughs> I'm agreeing. I like didn't realize until I hate to admit this recently that there's like a separate section that you piss in. You peed in the. I always pee like in the in the main section. <laughs> what? What? What did you think the thing on the wall I was? I never even paid attention to it. <laughs> You're why they're so gross. <laughs> yeah. All right, oh I'm going to move God. on. I, I got one more, and that's a uh, prison guard at a state penitentiary. Really? Yep. I don't really? think that bad. Are you You kidding? would be horrible at it. I wouldn't be like a blatant <laughs> dick. No, I think they the prisoners, I'd respect them. They don't respect you. Yeah, they, they would respect uh, I don't know. That's man. why you would be horrible at it. They would like. I'm just going off of what I've seen in movies. I, so I like Rikers at, Island. Yeah. When I Googled it, there was like that was on like one of the Google lists, and it was like this guy in an orange jumpsuit, shaved head, with his hands against the wall, and like some hot blonde chick in like a, in like a prison guard. I'm like, come on, that's not what the prison guards look like at that prison that that guy's in. So. I think being a waitress would just be horrible. People suck and they're so rude and your livelihood is based on how they are feeling that particular day. Yeah, so it's pretty bad. It almost made my list, but I didn't want it. Have you ever done it? I did it for a summer and I was so bad at it. Now I did it in like a very small town where everybody knew everyone. So I made so much money, but not because I was a good waitress. <laughs> Forgot drinks a lot. Spilled a whole plate of chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> a children's oncology nurse. Yeah, just like way okay, too depressing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. It took me a few seconds to remember what oncology was. Uh, a skyscraper window cleaner. Yeah, that'd be pretty bad. You see them like hanging up there on just like... Scaffolding. Is that even? Are they even on that? If you're not afraid of heights, it's probably a pretty good job. Like you're, you're probably you know, nobody bothering well. you. Get paid, per, yeah. Paid One well. wrong squeege, <laughs> and you're off the thing. Because <laughs> it's not scaffolding. They like are on some sort of like it's platform. Ha- it's like a hanging that hangs. Yeah, yeah. From what? Where? I think the worst part about it would be like how breezy it probably gets up there, and the scaffolding moving <laughs> around. Like that would be. Yeah. Do you do you even put AirPods in, or do you want to be able to hear like where you're stepping and what's going on? And I don't. I there's can't. people out there that aren't bothered by the heights, so I don't think it would be that bad for them. I'm just. I guessing. guess I just. I you're probably right, and I don't consider myself bothered by heights. But you're on a platform the size of this table, and you fall to your death death with one wrong move. I don't even think it's the, the size of this table. I think it's smaller. And they like stand up on it. No problem with it. And like you would do it. I wouldn't. No. <laughs> uh, I love how they have like one string that attaches them to like the scaffolding. 
as if that's going to save them. I wonder how many people die from that every year. I'll Google it. Uh, fun fact. Um, zoo cage cleaner. Like just cleaning yeah. up animal shit. Yeah. I hate zoos anyway. You're around people watching yeah. the animals. A zoo worker, period. Is yeah. I love a zoo. Love I'm not. Zoo. I'm not pro animals in. They captivity. probably have devices that help them pick up the shit, which probably isn't that bad. Like an industrial size pooper scooper. I think it's like a shovel. Really? That'd be pretty bad then. Uh, and then a dermatologist. Skin mm. just grosses me out, and the shit like wart. Oh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're good. good. Not a lot of overlap. Uh, Jeff, I think you win. Yeah, I'll go, with, I'll go with Jeff. If I had to vote out of you two, I'd say Meg. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> you, you're not grossed out by porta potties. I'm definitely grossed out by them. I think the cleaning think process you, is probably simpler that, than you think it is. Too. I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. See ya.